Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful. And for the faithful, I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Good. Good. <laughs> that was a really good game in the end. Yeah, got better down the stretch. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. All right. There's a little little concern there when Anaheim went ahead for a third time <coughs> in the third period. Yeah. On a second failed Edmonton penalty kill. Um, but the orders kind of took over after that. They had the last nine grade A shots of the game by our count. And maybe you can recap what the totals were for the game. They were uh, 22 to 14 for the orders. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, But... On the subset of five alarm shots, it was nine to eight for the Ducks. And I was concerned as well, although the Ducks are a weak defensive team, obviously. So um, against a better team, that, that might have been fatal to go down 3-2 on a goal like that early in the third. But the Ducks are a better team. Um, nonetheless, this seemed like a game the Oilers could have lost because that was a big um, effort against Vegas big game tomorrow night against LA so it's kind yeah. of lost could be lost in the weeds and there's no easy games to win in the NHL they're all hard and uh so they could easily have lost but they they won the game five to three Bruce this is our two good things two bad things two numbers and one conundrum podcast um because it's a it, it because it's the first time this year that the Oilers have stopped a losing streak at one game will go with two good things each because it did have that feel to it that they could have lost this game and they have yet to snap off a losing streak at one game. So this was a big win in that way. I, I was hoping yep. they'd get it ever since you mentioned that in the last podcast, I've been thinking about that. So two good Me things too. each. Which, what's your first good thing? Yeah, I'm going to go with the obvious and uh, select Evander Kane, who was uh, first star of this game and rightfully so with a hat trick. Uh, twice drawing Edmonton level with the 1-1 and 2-2 goals, uh, and then finally sealing the deal with a hat-trick. But I thought he was good in, in other ways. He had seven shots on net to lead the team. Uh, on the 3-3 goal, where he didn't get a point, but he still uh, had a role to play with it, uh, driving hard to the net as McDavid yeah. found Hyman at the back door. I'm not quite sure what, what the three of them were doing on the ice together at that moment, but probably just the intermediate line change. And uh, uh, Kane was just kind of barging around out there being a boss. And he, I think he was pumped uh, by uh, playing with his new line mate, Corey Perry. Like I can see where that would really sort of get a power forward's attention. Is that, you know, I want to show him my best game, you know, this future Hall of Famer, which I think Perry potentially is and uh, uh, Kane responded to that challenge with gusto and, and uh, uh, very impressive nights hard work and his goals were you know the one from the side of the net which I think you'll talk about a little bit more but uh, uh, he took advantage of a distracted goalie and and sifted a good shot in right inside the short side post and then the second one coming up the ice on a, on a uh, 
I think it was an even man rush, but he got a clear shot from the slot through his screen and he just powered it through both the screen <coughs> and the netminder at that moment, John Gibson. And uh, then, of course, on the empty netter, he he won a race to to a puck where he just blasted by. Yeah. Who was it? Number 60, Jackson Lacombe. I, I was surprised. Who was on the ice speed. for... Uh, for Anaheim with the goalie out looking for, yeah, well, I was and I wasn't. I figured with the empty net carrot at the other end that uh, he was going to get to that puck, and sure enough, he just powered through the diving uh, attempt by the defenseman to slow him down and uh, and uh, finish the job. He's a bit of an empty net merchant. Kane with a hat trick on the line, well, you know, go out and get it, and he did. I mean, credit where due. Good he got the I, job done tonight. Yeah, I like the second goal, actually. I initially, it didn't seem that impressive because it was kind of a, a shot from the high-ish slot. And um, But he really used the screen of the defenseman, I thought, on that shot. He he put that puck hard right on the ice, which is sometimes can be hard for a goalie. Just It was hard right on the ice, right past the defenseman's skates. And um, that's why that shot went in. It was just a really hard shot through a screen and uh, excellent goal. He he said after the game that his shot is his bread and butter. And he showed that on both those first two goals, just getting off hard shots um, when the goalie was a little bit off kilter for one reason or another. My good thing is the reason that he was off kilter on the first goal it was a classic Corey Perry play. <laughs> and, you know, we've lived long enough, Bruce, to see Corey Perry pull off one of these plays as an Edmonton Oiler, as opposed to against the Edmonton Oilers. So, um, certainly lived long enough to see a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 and it was just, it was classic because on any, any other player would have got a penalty. But, you know, because he goes by the goalie and slashes the goalie stick out of his hands. I mean, you can't slash anyone's hockey stick out of their hands, let alone the goalie. And he got away with it. And because of that, the, you know, the puck comes around the boards and to Kane and he goes in and shoots. Gibson doesn't have his stick. He's discombobulated and the puck goes in the net. So that was just a classic Corey Perry sequence because he got he slashed the stick out. No penalty and a goal is scored. That's the Corey Perry trifecta. And um, well, and he made a pass in the middle of it too. Like he, he, he did. He, he went did. into the corner and was able mm. to dribble a weak pass that somehow went through everybody into Kane, and then came Kane curled out from the corner and shot. It wasn't stick side that he beat um, uh, Gibson. It was glove side, but uh, I think he was discombobulated as he yeah. Said. And it was. Uh, I mean, Gibson was playing the puck, and Perry was uh, was uh, battling him for the puck. And uh, Louis said, you know, the goalie, when he's outside of his crease playing the puck, you're allowed to stick check, you know, stick on stick. But he did he did give him a pretty nice whack. Maybe it's a few years ago. Yeah. The, the lumber. Maybe it's a few years ago that they charged every time a player got a stick hacked out of his hands a penalty. Like, maybe that's from a few years ago. That that happened like every single mm-hmm. time. Maybe there there's a little bit more leeway at this point in the NHL. Anyway, he got away with it. He he's he's been otherwise solid. Like he's a smart defensive player, um, and a 
still has some offensive game around the net. He's just excellent at winning pucks on the boards and puck protecting and making plays down low. So he's going to be like likely going to be a useful uh, depth player for the orders down the stretch here. Yeah. Couple shots on net tonight. An assist. Uh, plus two. Good work, Corey Perry. For a depth signing. Yeah. What's your second good thing, Bruce? Yeah, I'm going to. I think I'll stick with Calvin Pickard, even though his stats weren't particularly any good. Like he let in three goals on 27 shots for an 889 save percentage. That doesn't really stand out at all. But man, he made some great stops. He did. And, yeah, especially in the first period where they scored late in the period. Uh, but um, they scored. Um, uh, they easily could have had a two nothing <clears throat> lead or more after the first period. And it just seemed like, you know, he didn't face that many shots, but when he did, they were, you know, they weren't just um uh, great A's, but five of arms, as you as you point out. And Edmonton's defensive play was quite sloppy at times. And we'll talk a little bit about that and our bad things. And and Pickard cleaned up a few messes, including one of his own, when he made a brutal giveaway and then you know, recovered to get back in the net and stop the guy one on one, and and you know right in tight. Uh, but he also cleaned up a few other guys' messes too. So. I thought he was yeah he was he he was he was pretty good you know he um he had a few iffy moments too but he was pretty good and he got the job done and i i thought my he was my, go ahead my bonus good thing because it's the same topic of cleaning up messes evan bouchard twice saved goals for like a goal for yeah. yeah that especially yeah. on that breakaway um by gruel i think in mm -hmm. benoit gruel yeah. Um, that was a heck of a play by Evan Bouchard. I think that really did save a goal. And then, well, the other one too, the guy was coming around the net. To wrap it um, in the open To net. wrap it in the open net and he stopped that. So yeah, two goals for mm -hmm. Boys, is he ever a, a divisive player, Evan Bouchard? Uh, <clears throat> you go into a group of Oilers fans and half do not like Evan Bouchard and half think he's fantastic. So it I guess it depends what you think of a finesse <sighs> offensive players as opposed to big Bobby Clobbers on defense. Mm -hmm. If you're on the team Bobby Clobber, you don't like Evan Bouchard. But if you're on team um, make beautiful passes, oh, are. <laughs> yeah, Paul Coffey. If you're on team Paul Coffey, you like Evan Bouchard. Yeah. Well, I sure like <clears throat> how he cleaned up those messes tonight. So he got sort of a, uh, an, a, a secondary stick tap on the mess cleaner upper, the janitor crew tonight. Yeah. Was, nice uh, Pickard and, uh, and Bouch. Um, my second good thing is Connor McDavid. I thought he... It was another night where I think he actually willed his team to victory in a significant way. He, he hit the post in the first period, but really he tried to wake up his entire team with that wicked hit on, is it Vakaninen? Is that his name? Something like uh, that. Vakaninen, yeah. Urho oh, Vakaninen. Yeah, he just blasted him with a really nasty hit. And, um, and then in the third period, um, came he absolutely came alive he twice roared up the ice and set up zach hyman for great shots and on the first one hyman um missed or he didn't miss he he actually got quite a good shot oh, i thought gosh. he should have shot it immediately honestly but um he made it he he had a heck of a shot that was a great save by the goalie 
um, on the second one, he picked up that puck. The second he picked up that puck in his own end, uh, and it was a difficult pickup because he had to pull, mm-hmm. pull a stick out to his side and reel it mm-hmm. in. I mean, most hardly any yeah. hockey player can make that play, and he did it at full speed. Charges up the ice, <laughs> sets up Hyman, <laughs> sets up Hyman. Most people would have fallen over just making the attempt. Anyway, he 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 made another great, and then he then on the power play he was flying out there and um, charged it. Bouchard made a very nice pass to him on the wing mm-hmm. as he was charging in, and McDavid then set up Drysaddle for the um, executioner shot. So three assists for Connor McDavid, Bruce. He now is fourth in NHL scoring, wow. uh, slowly moving up the standings, um, inexorably moving up the standings. We'll see if he's got enough to overtake Kucherov at the top of the standings. I think there's a chance. Um, he's about, what is he, 15 points yeah, behind. Yeah, there's two of them that are way ahead of him, McKinnon. Kucherov and McKinnon. Yeah. So, um, but I wouldn't count out Connor McDavid. Um, he just, he was fantastic tonight. Your bad thing, Bruce. Yeah, I'm going to go, I would almost be redundant because I already said it with Edmonton's just general poor defensive play. So I'm going to single out the, the first goal scored on the power play and how quickly things can go wrong. Uh, and this was a night where the PK uh, had a fail of a game against a weak power play, and they had two two penalty kills, and they didn't kill either one of them. Well, on the first one of those, uh, they had a, a face-off in their own zone, and Ryan McLeod actually pulled the puck back. He was credited with the winning the face-off. Uh, but Adam Henrique outreached Warren Fogle uh, on the winger support. And, of course, on the power play, the team with the power play often wins the winger support because they've got the extra guy. But he was able to win that and pull it back. And all of a sudden, there was chaos in the Edmonton end. And what wound up happening was uh, 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 McLeod didn't quite get out to the... uh, uh, shooter on the point, and then there was a lineup of uh, Edmonton players doing the double screen on their own goalie, Fogel in the front. Screen, yeah, yeah, McLeod almost was in there too. Fogel in front, McLeod, uh, Deharnay behind, seventy-three and thirty-seven. And I said to my wife, "As all, all, uh, all uh, Pickard saw in that play was threes and sevens, because there was no way he saw the puck." And then. The it outside, hit Fogel. Uh, outside shot did rattle off Fogel's shin pad and just changed direction enough to hit the post on its way in. But honestly, it it he didn't have to pick the corner like that shot beat Pickard's glove by easily a foot. He just he just had no idea where it was. Yeah. And you know, and he got the good or the bad bounce against him, but he just he couldn't see a thing. And it was just, you know, too much trying to block the lane and not successfully doing so. And just like that, bam. Hell of a play by Fowler. It was. It was. Yeah. He's a good player. He is very smart, walked the line and got off a shot against the grain. And it was uh, it was an excellent play. My bad thing, Bruce, is the second power play goal, the 3-2 go-ahead goal in the third. And I just think the owners were cavalier mm-hmm. um, against on the, on the PK. They were just kind of flying around, looping around. <laughs> this was Yanmark and Brown, who have been 
pretty darn good on the PK. Mm -hmm. Part of an excellent PK unit. But they were just, they weren't stopping and starting. They were looping around, trying, like being overly aggressive uh, in the passing lanes, I thought, instead of just mm -hmm. holding their position and stopping and starting. And it just led to a wide open shot by, I think it was Vitrano, who you don't want to let have a wide open shot. That guy can really shoot on a cross seam pass. And it's because Janmark and, and Brown had just been kind of not really floating because they were hustling, but they weren't digging in. They weren't really, you know, doing the hard work of the stop and the start. They were um, just skating or skating around in circles seemingly and and not really um bearing down and it led to that crossing pass and it led to that great shot by vetrano actually it was vetrano who made the pass oh was it him and it was who shot ryan, it? ryan strong oh strong you're right who picked the top My corner mistake. with with the shot but it was <clears throat> you know there were three ducks kind of up high in the umbrella and two oilers that were chasing around as you say there wasn't much stopping and starting it was more a lot of circling and the two highest ducks beat the two high orders, and Vetrano was kind of left alone in the slot, and the two defensemen in front were tr trying to deal with him, and he made this very nice pass along the seam to, to Strom in the face-off dot, and he powered home a good shot. And it was good execution by Anaheim, but I would suggest not very good execution by Edmonton. No, they didn't give them enough respect, and... Um... I think I like I'd seen it on the previous PK as well, the same tendency. And I was kind of wondering, like they seem kind of loose out there. And um, so that's my uh, bad thing. Bruce, what is your number? Yeah. Uh, what is my number? Um, I had it. Now I forgot. You go ahead, David, if you don't mind. Uh, oh, my number is 15 and 15. This will surprise some people, but Evander Kane and Connor McDavid have the same number of even strength goals, Bruce. 15 wow. each. Um, Evander Kane has his critics, I notice. There's lots of people who um, like to make nasty comments about him that he's not a very good player at this point in his career. He's not a great player, but he does some things really, really well. And Two of those things are absolutely essential to winning hockey games. One of them is shoot the puck. And the other thing is intimidate the other team. And he still does those things. And I think if if he bears down on defense, sometimes, like my only criticism of him is sometimes he's loose on defense. He doesn't give his all. And he's not intense enough. And it's there's a number of voters you could say that's that same criticism of. But um, just like all those other orders who have those same foibles, they have you know, compensatory skills, and, and Kane certainly does as well. And um, I think overall, he's a team a player that helps your team win, and especially a player that helps your team win in the playoffs still. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Right on. Yeah, when... when uh... Uh, when he's on the hunt, uh, he's still a very strong player and a very intimidating opponent. I sure was on the, on, the, on the hunt. Yeah, like he, when he's hunting the puck down and hunting opponents down and looking for hits and shots and just to get aggressively involved in the game. He's, uh, 
he's um, uh, a force to be reckoned with, and he certainly was tonight. Yeah. When you said he's on the hunt, that Duran Duran song went through <laughs> my mind. Uh, anyway, okay. I won't sing it. I will yeah, spare you. I suspect it's about something else. Yeah, I think it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, my number is 12, and that's the number of grade A shots that Connor McDavid contributed to by the Oilers tonight. Yeah. One, against, one against his very first involvement on the first shift of the game. Uh, he yeah. allowed a pass for a dangerous shot. And then after that, it was just 12 4. Yeah. Three three on the power play, uh, all in that great second power play where Edmonton had to respond. This was nearly my good thing uh, where Anaheim had scored twice and Edmonton had not done much on their first power play. And when they got the second power play and it was three to three, I said to, to uh, my wife, now this is a time the power play needs to produce. Not just get a good power play, they need to score. And they had they a sure great did. power play. And they had four grade A shots, a couple by Nuge, one that rang the post. And in all, it took them uh, uh, a minute and three seconds to create those four great chances, and the one, including the one that Dry Saddle finally put away for the game winner. And uh, But that was uh, a lot of that was McDavid's doing, of course. And Great. He, was, he just uh, had a. Oh, I'd give him a nine. The third, I'd, third yeah. period, he was fantastic. Nine out of ten in that game. Mm-hmm. That's what I would give him. I don't know. You're, you're going to probably give him, what are you going to give him, an eight or a nine? Uh, at least. I haven't actually really given a lot of thought yet, but uh, in terms of who got Anytime what, someone's 12 to 1 on grade A shots. Yeah, so yeah. No, he's going to get a very high grade, and so is Kane. That's unreal. Like so. that, You hardly ever see that kind of um, um, discrepancy. Well, margin <clears throat> Bruce tonight's conundrum is why did coach K do that with his defense pairings and I guess we can comment on did it work I mean you break up Ekholm and Bouchard and he put them back together but you break the the best probably the best defensive pairing in the NHL for the last couple months you break that pairing up it's kind of like breaking up Paul Coffey and Charlie Huddy like why are you, why are you doing that? I didn't. I, I just was baffled, Bruce. And I, and I saw, a, you know, a lot of people who just reflexively or generally support the coaches' decisions. You know, work hard to think. Okay, they know more than we do. They know a lot more than we do. Um, so let's work hard to think why they, this is a good idea. I couldn't. I couldn't think of why that was a good idea, Bruce. Like honestly, it just escaped me. I, I couldn't figure it out. I could see promoting DeHarnay and demoting CeCe, giving that a, a chance and see how that mm-hmm. looks. But breaking up Ekholm and Bouchard, I, I'm still baffled. I don't know why. And then they went back to it, of course, in, in the did. second period. Thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, well, I really wanted to see DeHarnay and uh, Nurse get a shot together. And I thought that was a logical move because... Uh, uh, CeCe's had his struggles and, and uh, uh, that pairing, you know, like their defense first. And, well, that's Vinny's game as well. And he's been coming on gangbusters. Uh, all that said, I don't think he had a great game tonight because he got beat no. for two goals. Yeah. Uh, one in the evens and one on the penalty kill. Uh, but he delivered <clears throat> a huge shot block. 
down the stretch and uh, uh, he sure and together block three. And they played together nearly 18 minutes, David, at even strength, Nurse and, and DeHarnay, 17 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, and the rest were a hodgepodge. Uh, Kulak played 8.39 with uh, uh, CC and 6.24 with Bouchard. And CC, of course, played... Uh, um, 839 with Kulak and 743 with Ekholm. And so all of these other, the other four guys, they played almost equal time with two different partners because the switch was made sort of halfway yeah. through the game. And I mean, Ekholm himself, he played uh, 839 with Bouchard and, and uh, 743 with Cece. So almost the same again. So it, w it was a bit of a jumble there. But it wasn't like he went back to all three original pairings. He went to two new pairings, but he returned Bouchard to Ekholm. And honestly, you know, I thought it was Ekholm that was struggling more than Bouchard in this game. I thought he had uh, he had some tough moments out there. He was caught in bad spots a few times, kind of flat-footed. And maybe he got discombobulated by yeah. getting put on a pairing with CC instead of Bouchard. I mean, that well, they, would be a change. <laughs> they discombobulated it all at once. You never want to break up honey and coffee, Bruce, is all well, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so what they're <clears> doing, okay. it, was a, it was a big mistake, I, I thought, honestly. And um, I'm, I, I'm confirmed in that opinion. <laughs> anyway, they tried it, whatever. Um, I, I actually like CC and Kulak and uh, Daharne and Nurse. I think this was worth a try. <clears throat> I think that, you know, Jason Strudwick has often made the point that he thinks Nurse is better off with a puck mover. And I think in the end, that's probably right. And if they could trade for one, like trade for, you know, if if it was possible to upgrade Cody Cece with a solid defensive player who could really move the puck, sure. Mm -hmm. I just don't see that trade. So I don't see that player available. So, uh, but DeHarney may be a better defensive defenseman at this point than Cece. He may be a better player than Cody Cece. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. That's to play him there. Mm -hmm and see how it rolls. And I'm okay with them experimenting with that. DeHarney's moving the puck better. He's defending in an outstanding fashion, generally speaking. He didn't, you know, but we'll see. You, the second you start to go against super tough competition, the second you see how hard it is to succeed against that. And people are down on Cody Cece. Well, you know, he's played tough competition year in, year out with the orders, and he's done pretty darn good. So maybe people are going to start to appreciate what Cody Cece has done when they see if if Vinny DeHarnay struggles in that same role, which is a real possibility. But we'll find out, and I think that's worth that is worth an expert. That doesn't baffle me at all. Just that other thing, you know. Right. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Cece, uh, um, Cece and Kulak seemed the obvious yeah. choice. You switch those two pairings. You switch out one left for left or right for right, depending on how you want to look at it. And you don't touch the other one, and eventually that's what they did. And I'll bet you tomorrow night we'll see two and fourteen back together, but we'll see uh, Nurse and DeHarnay still together. And the new third pairing. Just let's look at cool, ice, see, ice yeah. time for him. But yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty close. Nurse had almost twenty-three minutes tonight, and he had the most. And Bouchard was cut back to eighteen forty-five in this game. So, and he's had a few games of like twenty-five minutes. And he was actually uh, fifth out of the six. Only Kulak played less minutes than uh, 
Bouchard. Even CC played about a half minute more than uh, Bouchard did. And so he was third of the three right defensemen, Bouchard. So you almost never see that. So well, maybe they were mad at Bouchard because he didn't have mm-hmm. a great game. Maybe they wanted to demote him a bit or something. It's the other theory. Like that 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 could be part of what happened. But some sometimes the ice time leaders <clears throat> wind up in that spot because they can't get the damn puck out of their own end and they have all these <laughs> two minute shifts chasing the puck. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, that's especially true of penalty kill ice time in any given game. You might say, how did that guy get the lead? And then you find out, well, he never got off for a minute 45 of a power play or something. Anyway, uh, CeCe, I'll give a tiny bit of credit for one, I thought, great play that he went made to win a race to uh, icing late in the third period with the orders hanging on to a one goal lead. And he, he did it. He was on against a faster guy. And he cut across in front of him to screen the guy from getting past him and was able to win the icing race out. Just a subtle little play, but one that took the pressure off and put the puck at the other end of the ice. You know, little things, win games. He he is a decent hockey player, Cody Cece. And um, so we'll leave it there at that. So they play the LA Kings tomorrow night, Bruce. We'll be right back, uh, at it tomorrow. We'll be back at it. And you got the game grade, so I'll let you get at it here. All right. Um, Thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.